Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Were Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out would remind every student that they were made for more, simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes. Or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus. And we're here to help. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Hey guys, welcome to the You Were Made For More podcast. This is your host, Sammy, and this week you are going to hear a conversation I had with Sarah Parker Mounts. She is a 34-year-old professional living in Columbia, South Carolina. She is a Clemson University graduate of 2011, and currently she owns a small business and loves serving her hometown. You'll hear her talk a little bit about that during our conversation, but she owns a kind of full service business that serves as the middleman in connecting people with services that they need. And because she grew up in Columbia, she is able to use her skills to do that. She also is an aunt to three nephews and a niece who she adores and that's so clear from just following her on social media. And most importantly, she is passionate about Jesus. She loves people. She loves connecting with other people and especially talking about the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is singleness and contentment and learning to live into your calling despite being in a season that you didn't think you would be in. She brings a lot of wisdom to the table and I just am super excited about um this topic in general. It's a topic that I have wanted to cover on You Were Made For More for a very long time and it's kind of hard to find the right person who is in this season but also is living into that season well um, and Sarah Parker really radiates that. So I hope that you love getting to know her and that you glean something out of this conversation if you're not single about how to love the single people in your life. And if you are single, I hope that Sarah Parker's testimony serves as a catalyst for you to really seek after what God has for you in this moment. Okay, Sarah Parker, can you introduce yourself a little bit for us? Like, tell me who you are, where we can find you, what does your current season of life look like? 
Yes. Um, my name is Sarah Parker Mounts, and I'm sure where most of your people are in the United States, they're like, why is she saying three names? Um, <laughs> in the South, we like to be complicated and sometimes name our daughters and sometimes sons um, double names. And so I have one of those names. And unfortunately, sometimes people think that it's a first and last name and it's not. It is a double name like Mary Catherine. And I'm very passionate about that name. <laughs> And so um, I go by Sarah Parker, um, also go by Sissy. That's what my um, three nephews and niece call me, among other children that are around me. Um, I live in Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm sure you can hear that in my accent. <laughs> um, I own a small business here. I was born and raised here. I went to Clemson University. Um big Tiger fan, um, love Clemson football. Um, we're not, we were, we weren't so hot this past year. So <laughs> we had to be like, go Tigers. But I mean, I'm still that way, but, um, yep. So I live in Columbia and I do own a business here and, um, it's a full service concierge and contracting. So I kind of play the middleman and just because I was born here and just know a ton of people, I will find you what you need. So like if you need a painter or if you need a plumber or if you need um, a dog walker or something like that, like people contact me, I find the person they need and then I kind of um, project manage it. And so, um, yeah, that's what I do. And um it's been a blessing from the Lord. I have struggled. Um, I'm 34. I just turned 34. I have struggled. I struggled all throughout my twenties, um, and what to do with my life. Mm, <laughs> um, <amen>. and, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had a plethora of jobs where I just didn't really fit the mold. People wanted me to fit mm. and kind of butted heads with a lot of people. Um, I'm very passionate. I'm very opinionated and I'm sure that will come out in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, um, in my, in my, um, years, I have learned to keep my mouth shut more, but that still comes out some, um, but I have uh, started this business and, um, I feel like my thirties kind of took a turn where I just kind of settled in the Lord's been gracious and, um, I bought a house and started a business during COVID. And, um, that's the direction that I went. Um, and he's been very good and I've been very blessed to grow this business. Um, I live a mile from my family. So my brother and sister-in-law live in town. Um, I live a mile from them. I live a mile from my parents. I live a mile from my cousin. My mother's sister lives in town. My grandparents, I live a mile from, oh and I live a goodness. mile from my mother's sister. So we are all, it's like a big old compound in Forest Acres, um, South Carolina. So we are a very tight knit family. We all go to the same church. Um, we love each other. We are not perfect. We've got our special set of craziness, but um, we do love each other well. And, um, I am the only granddaughter that is, I have a special needs, um, cousin who is obviously not, I shouldn't say obviously, but she is not married, but I am the, um, unmarried granddaughter. And then there's one unmarried grandson, but there's, I think, um, nine or 10 
grandchildren and I am oh, wow yeah so I feel real good about myself no I'm just kidding <laughs> um yeah so I'm 34 and unmarried in a southern town where I grew up and it has been um hard mm-hmm. to say the least um but you know God is good and yeah so I have a German shepherd and we are um bestest of friends he's my buddy and yeah that's just where I am um my best friend lives a mile down the road from me and she has three boys and her and her husband um are amazing and then I just live so close to my family and so you know when COVID hit I just I mean, I suffered in other areas, but community was not one of those areas. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really blessed by that. And so, um, you know, coming off of two years of, you know, craziness, I feel like um, I'm kind of settling into being more um, social. I did struggle a lot in other areas. Like this is the first I I had a podcast and um, this is the first speaking engagement that I have done in almost three years. And so this is a big deal for me. Um, wow. I'm excited. This is yeah. awesome. And let yeah. me just say, that is yeah. like an amazing thing that you are really doing life with people that love you and that you, like, I just, I'm jealous of that. Like we live and not super far, but my husband's family is um further there in Florida and then he's Colombian so some of his family live in Columbia South America um not South Carolina <laughs> not South Carolina correction um and my family is like at least an hour from us so that is like uh, such a blessing that you live so close and to like your nieces and nephews that's just awesome yeah um I put in a lot of work to um, do a lot of healing with family and so that's one of the things I think that has come out of um part of my singleness journey is just being able to have the space and time to do that work mm. um so yeah it's been a really big blessing that's awesome um, thank yeah you, I, yeah thank you just for sharing with us like a little bit about what your life looks like I so just so our listeners know like I heard Sarah Parker kind of share her story and testimony on another podcast that I listened to probably three or so years ago like you mentioned and have kind of had her on my list of guests for a while so I'm just really excited about this I know that I kind of asked you know, other people to speak on this topic, but I think there's value in your story and the fact that you are still in that season of singleness. Um, because there, like, there's a different perspective when you get out of it, right? Like, uh, like my husband is, um, he's, oh gosh, how old is he? I'm blank. He's 26, 36, 36 now. I'm 26. Um, he's 10 years older than me, but he was single for a long time before we met when he was 33. Um, So, you know, I have talked with him a little bit about this topic and we both are just like, this needs to be talked about more um, within youth groups and churches and what it looks like to like find contentment with your life. So that's where I kind of want to start because I think that word 
yeah. is really important. So can you dive into a little bit about what contentment means to you? Yeah. Um, contentment is to, contentment to me is like trusting that God has the best for you, no mm-hmm. matter where you are in life. And, um, you know, it would be just, you know, I, I, I would, I would be doing everyone a disservice to say that I haven't had seasons of discontentment and that I definitely would say like, and I still do, like, I still have nights where it's just like, you know, I'm crying my eyes out because it's like, why me God, you know, like that's normal. And for people to say, you know, that's not normal. They're lying to you. Mm -hmm. Like that is very normal. And contentment is, you know, do we believe, and I'm going to probably say this like 20,000 times over the (laughs) next time we record, but it's, do we believe God is who he says he is? And like your theology matters and like who, what you believe about God matters. And so to think that God has singled me out um, above everybody else in the universe and saying, I'm going to make her suffer over everybody else and not, and make her single is, is just comical, you know, mm-hmm. or to make someone else believe that they're suffering for a specific reason is comical. Like God is good. I know sometimes it's hard to believe and we can't let our emotions dictate our behavior. Um, One of my friends who has an amazing story told me one time, emotions are like a baby and we don't let a baby drive a car. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. Yes. And, you know, that has stuck with me because it's so true. And, you know, like it just, it contentment is, is believing God is who he says he is. And like, I'm 34, probably speaking to 16, 17, 18 year olds. And so mm-hmm. I understand that it's not going to click as it clicks for me, but I just wish I could like transport back in time to my, that, that age to me and just be like, trust God, trust mm-hmm. God, trust mm-hmm. God, because it just, and it, and I, and I say that still being single, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I just, I think that, I mean, that's wisdom, really. Like, I think that recognizing that it isn't going to translate the same for a younger person is so wise because it isn't because you've went through those periods of wrestling with God and that those seasons of discontentment, right? That like maybe some other people who are listening to this, they haven't really done that hard work you know yeah. so I think that's really important that you mention that and it kind of makes me think about another question I wanted to ask you um about those seasons of discontentment so when you've been in them um I'm sure that you have people in your life that are kind of like your go-to people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what is the best advice that someone has offered you in those seasons that you would offer to someone else who's in that season currently um, and needs to hear something that's going to give them 
hope or that drive to really believe that God is who he says he is. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is read your Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds like, like, well, that's, that's tough. Well, yes. <laughs> if you claim to love the Lord, like what do you do with things you love? You spend time with them. And how, what do we do when we say we love Jesus? Well, we spend time with him, read your Bible, um, read Exodus, read Abraham's story, um, read Job, you know, read the Psalms and the emotions of David and his lament and his struggle and know that you are not suffering alone. Um, Mm -hmm. read Jesus's human, human side, his humanity, and like what he went through on the cross with you, you know, the gospels are full of not only, um, his godly side, but his humanity side. And like what that means for us as believers that we suffer with a God who has suffered with us. Hmm. Um, also I'm a huge advocate of counseling and what that has done for my life. Um, I have been in some form of counseling for probably close to 14 years and, um, in and out of, um, counseling. I mean, it's just been phenomenal for me. Um, seasons of deep depression, um, I've been in counseling and seasons of, you know, where I've been fine and, um, which I praise God right now I'm in and I go and see a counselor once a month and just sit down on his couch and we just talk life and, and just some maintenance things like, how's this going in your life and how's this going in your life? Um, I think the biggest thing that I have done is I have found, um, like-minded Christian women who, Mm -hmm. um, spur me on, call me out and, you know, um, are not scared of the ugliness because let's be honest, life is super ugly as we are witnessing right now. And it's not all, um, daisies and butterflies. And for, for people, if you're a man for men to sit with you in the trenches for women to sit with you in the trenches and be able to, um, you know, something that I heard that I love is like, you know, when you're, when you're bawling your eyes out and, and you're sitting with your friend or your best friend or your, or a family member and they hand you a tissue, you know, that's kind of a form of saying like, you need to stop crying. Like, unless someone, like, unless you ask for a tissue, you need to let people cry mm, and, and it is okay that. to cry. Like yes. it is like that is a purging of something in your body that needs to come out. And so don't tell people don't cry or here's a tissue. You let that out. Mm-hmm. And that is something like I try not like, you know, sometimes it's second nature to be like, don't cry. But even with my niece, my niece is super sensitive and I love that about her. And I've caught myself being like, don't cry, Isabella. Well, no, she needs to cry. And of course, sometimes it's over silly things, but I'm not going to be like, no, don't cry. Like that's, I'm not going to be that kind of person. If you need to cry, you cry and you let it out. And, you know, people that sit with you in the ugliness of life, and don't try to manage your emotions are the people that you want in your life. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love, I like never have heard that, like kind of an analogy, I guess, about handing someone a tissue. But I do think like when I think about instances where that's happened to me, I'm like, 
I do kind of feel like I need to stop crying, (laughs) you know? So, and I agree with you. Like I, my daughter is 21 months. So she has, she's not quite two, but she's like definitely a full on toddler and has so many emotions, like so many. And there are times where I catch myself saying that, like, it's okay. Stop crying. We don't need to cry about this. And then I, have to like really kind of repent for that and apologize because I'm like, well, how would I feel if someone, you know, like to her, whatever she's crying about is truly a tragedy, you know, (laughs) like it's upsetting. So I just love that we also need to remember that that applies for our friends and our family members who were kind of walking through these seasons with them. Um, okay so if you would can you share a little bit about like your seasons of I guess like what your 20s looked like in regards to singleness yeah um and kind of like finish with what the most fruitful thing is that came out of those seasons Yeah. So I would definitely say that I, um, was not walking with the Lord in my twenties, um, Mm -hmm. in college, definitely not. Um, I kind of, I grew up in, um, in a home that definitely loved Jesus, but, um, leaned very much on the legalistic side. So when I got out of the house, I kind of went crazy and lived, um, you know, that whole, like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then sackcloth and ashes, and then would do it again. And then sackcloth and ashes. And so, um, it wasn't till I was about 27, 28, where I just really started understanding what the gospel was, um, and what true grace was and Mm -hmm. like the unlaved, the lavish unmerited favor of God. And, um, so, I have been single really and truly for the most, the, my entire life. Um, I just got out of a six month relationship with, with someone. And so, um, that was, it's kind of been, I wouldn't necessarily say like, yes, I dated him for six months, but for the most part, I have been single my whole life. And so from 27 until now, it's just been a constant, like of trying to walk in a manner worthy of Christ and also, you know, stumbling and then picking myself up and then stumbling and then picking myself up. But, um, you know, people ask me if I go on dating apps and like, you know, I just don't feel the need to do that. And, Mm -hmm. um, so as a, as now, you know, I just, the best thing that's come out of singleness is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big, big, huge fan of, um, Elizabeth Elliot and just like her whole story and like what, you know, I think I've suffered. And then I look at her and I'm like, okay, you need to like get off your whole high horse Sarah Parker, but you know, everyone's like, Sarah Parker, you just are waiting on this man. And I'm like, I got slapped in the face the other day. Not really, but like, like by the Lord, because it's like, (laughs) like we, like, I'm not waiting, you know, what, what I'm waiting on, like waiting on a husband or waiting on something to change is like, 
not the point I'm waiting. I need to learn to wait on God. And like, this is the point, this is like what he's dealing with me right now. And so I'm learning that I'm not technically waiting on a man or waiting on my circumstances to change. I'm waiting to see more of Jesus. And so like, that's kind of where he has me right now. And, um, waiting on him is a willed and deliberate act and it's a matter of choice and it's not a feeling. And so like listening to a lot of her, and and this is a lot of her stuff. And so I'm repeating her. I don't want y'all to think that I've come up with these brilliant sayings. Like I'm just repeating a lot of what Elizabeth Elliot is saying. (laughs) And, um, she, she, said these things. I mean, I'm, I'm on a treadmill at the gym and I'm just sitting there going, Oh my gosh, like, this is what the Lord's trying to teach me right now. Like I'm not waiting on a husband. I'm waiting for more of him. And so like, I, you know, I'm having these like epiphanies on a treadmill and it's like, Oh, I get it. Like, and so it's just like, like for who you wait on determines where our security lies, you know? And so I just singleness is like, okay, I'm single. What, what do you freaking do? You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of over that title. It's like, not even, I don't know. I'm just in this weird place of like, I don't really care anymore about that label. It's like, you know, I cared for so long that I was unmarried and I went to a wedding this past weekend and I had not seen these people because of COVID in probably in two years. And you know, they, they were asking me how it was and everything. And they were like, you know, are you dating? And I said, no, you know, and I just, and they were like, Sarah Parker, like, you're just not the type of person that's, that needs anybody. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I don't Mm -hmm. need anybody. And they're like, you know, we want you to be happy, but we like, you are just, and I don't want to like blow steam at my own butt, but it's just like, I don't need to be married, to be married, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, like, I mean, something that I have really enjoyed about, like, I follow you on social media for a few years now, and, like, I just really see that you're living into what God has called you to do. Yes. You know, so. I'm not waiting around, like, oh, my gosh, where is he? You know? (laughs) Like, no, live your life. Like, do what God's called you to do. Yes. And that, be, a, be a kingdom member, like yes. just stop, you know, yeah. like there's plenty of people out there that are sitting there like, whoa, is me. I am not going to be one of those people. Amen. And I think that's like, I think that that like shift in your mindset, not only is better for your mental health when you're in those seasons of discontentment, but also like like that glorifies God because like God did not create us to have those labels of being single or being married or like he created us he knew us in our mother's womb like he knew everything about you and like he didn't use labels for us you know so I just love that you mentioned that um because I know like that is something that I really struggled with um when like a lot of my friends were getting married before me or like were dating other people and like I was just so focused on that label and like God does not care about them and and, we're all gonna be single in heaven yes (laughs) 
yes, you were right. <laughs> I know I am. It's biblical. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I want to read one thing. And I just like, I just, this was sent to me by a friend of mine Two, I have two friends that got married at 36 and 37 and, and I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married. Like uh, that ship has sailed. And so I just, but this was written by a girl named Paige Benton Brown, and she used to work at Vanderbilt and she wrote, um, I am not single because I'm too spiritually unstable to possibly deserve a husband, nor because I'm too spiritually mature to possibly need one. I am single because God is so abundantly, abundantly good to me because this is his best for me. It is, it is a cosmic impossibility that anything could be better for me right now than being single. The Mm -hmm. psalmist confirmed that I should not want, I shall not want because no good thing will God withhold from me. I love that. That's where I am. I love that. Okay. So I think, well, that's just that I'm like tearing up. (laughs) It's like, I'm a crier too. Like it's super convicting because you're like, again, do I believe God is who he says he is? Okay. Then I shall not want, like I am in this place because, because he is who he says he is and he is good. Mm. So I mean, I guess going off of that really, like when we're having trouble seeing that, because like, I, I mean, that's a beautiful thing to believe that like you are in the exact place that God wants you to be at the exact time that we're in. And like, there really is nothing better for you than what, where God has you at the moment. Um, and I just, like, I just, I just again, I want, I want everyone to hear me say this. I like, it is not, I don't feel that way a hundred percent of the time. Like right. it, there are nights <laughs> and some days where that are extremely hard, extremely hard. And there are very triggering things said to me. And there are people who are not emotionally mature enough to handle conversations where I say that I'm fine being single. Mm. and and that trigger me into downward spirals Mm -hmm. but for the most part overall the steadfast love of the Lord is 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 good so how do you I guess like when you are having one of those rough days how do you I guess what has helped you believe that God works things together for your good even when you can't and you're having trouble seeing that? Um, I read a lot. I'm a ferocious reader. Um, and I have my, I, I have my people that I read and like, I love to read people that I know that have been through a lot of junk because I'm not really going to read someone that has been, not suffered. Let's be honest. Like if you have lived this cush life, like next, like, I'm just not going to read you and I love Lisa Turkhurst. Um, she's one of my favorites, and so I read a lot of what she says. I read, um, I read Lisa Whittle a lot. Like I um, think, you know, her dad got ex- exposed um, publicly. Um, his ministry fell, and she was a young girl when that happened. And um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of things. I listen to a lot of Elizabeth Elliot. I read um, the Bible. <laughs> I just finished the study in Exodus. 
um, I surround myself with women who um, are struggling too. And it's not like we sit around and have a pity party. Um, we point each other to Christ and, um, you know, I do love my alone time. And, um, but for the most part, I don't, I try not to wallow. And in my immature days, that's what I would do is I would wallow and I would spiral. And that's when really bad decisions would be made, but, um, praise God for maturity (laughs) and, um, counseling because those things have helped me tremendously, like, figure out triggers and what caused me to do those things. And so, you know, um, you know, Satan wants you to get isolated so he can just pick you apart and praise God. I'm surrounded by my family too. And my relationship with my mom has, um, really, um, grown and we've done a lot of work and had a lot of conversations and, um, she's not, I think it used to really bother her that, she had a daughter that wasn't married and now she's like, it doesn't bother her one bit. And she's like resting with me alongside of me that I'm not settling just, just to be married. So, I mean, just a ton of good is coming out of me trusting God, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that is so first of all, encouraging to people to hear that, like when you have open open communication about these struggles with people that you're doing life with and who are in your community like healing does come out of oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah Um, and I think I I love that line that you just said like you're not settling just to be married like that is a very important point that I want people to hear is like marriage from experience does not complete you like it it will not and like I know that people truly believe that that are listening to this and it will not complete you it will never complete you in some instances it will make you more broken than you already are so living for that relationship and and waiting for a husband and really like desiring that is not necessarily bad it's not bad to desire that but when you desire that more than you desire what God has for your life that is when it becomes this like toxic thing um well it's an idol yeah yes yeah yeah so I just think it's so important that like people get that out of your testimony is that we cannot do that with marriage. We can't do that with singleness. Like our goal as Christians needs to be chasing after what the Lord has for us. And that looks like doing all of the things that you said, right? Reading your Bible, getting plugged in with your local church, finding your people and and doing life with them and living life with them, living into your calling and the gifts that God has given you um, and doing the hard work of healing by going to counseling and having conversations with people um, who either you have hurt or have hurt you in an effort to glorify God. Like that is what we are here for, right? Mm -hmm. We are not here 
for a relationship or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you ask yourself, like, if, you know, what is man's ultimate goal in life? It's to en- enjoy God and glorify him forever. Yeah. You know, I might've gotten that backwards. I can't remember, but, um, we are not here on earth to, you know, just live life to the fullest. No, we're here to, um, know God and glorify mm-hmm. him. And, you know, if, if that, if that means for me, that I've remained single, like that's not an, an inferior state of affairs for me. That is what God has for me. And that's, what's going to sanctify me and grow me closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now ask me that in three days. If I have like, if I feel like, yay me, you know, like I'll probably be like, why did I say that on a podcast? You know, whatever. But, um, again, like there are days where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But you know, like, again, you just reorient your, your focus. And if the more we focus on ourselves, the emptier we become. (laughs) Yeah. And it is an active refocusing, right? mm -hmm. Like, like you said, you have to be really aware of the things that trigger you or the people that trigger you. And that's not like, and for a lot of people, at least for me, like it, it did take counseling for me to be able to do that, you know, and for you too. And recognizing that like, it is difficult to to learn what those things are, but the more you do it, the more you can actively participate in shifting your mindset. Yeah. And I feel like I talked to my mom about this other day and like, you know, the, her generation and her parents' generation, like it was almost unheard of, you know, and it was taboo to even talk about your feelings. Like that was one of her things. Like they were not allowed to talk about negative feelings publicly. And so I know. And so, um, like for me to go to counseling is like breaking a generational, you know, barrier there of like, no, we're going to address these things so we can heal these things. And like, I feel like counseling is not taboo anymore. Like my generation, your generation, like we're kind of being like, no, we're going to heal and we're going to break these generational curses on our families. And like, this is, these bondages are going to be no more on, 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 on our lives, you know? And so I'm praise God for that because my sister-in-law and I both are like, you know, we'll talk, um, we have an amazing relationship. People are like, y'all have the best relationship on there. I'm like, praise God, because it's just me and my brother. And, um, we talk all the emotional stuff all the time because it's just so important for you to be emotionally aware of how you feel and why you feel those things. Because if you're not in tune to that, especially like alongside with your spiritual and like, and the Lord, like you're just, you're kind of running in circles, you know, it's like, until you can get a hold of all that, you're, you're just kind of digging yourself a real deep hole. And so I'm a big proponent, a proponent of counseling. Oh yes, me too. It's the best. I seriously, I'm like, even when you feel like you're healthy, you need to go to counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you never yeah. know, like one thing could shift something in your life and 
for lack of a better word, trigger something in your brain to really start struggling. So when you're plugged into that already, you like have that safety net, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so important. Um, Okay. So what are some, like, I just am thinking about how you've been talking about your family and your friends and like growing up in the town that you currently live in. Um, what are some things that we can do? Like, at, like for me, I'm married, but I have single friends, right? So like, what are some things that people who are listening can do to celebrate their single friends um, and, the, and the seasons of life that they're in and all of that stuff? Um, that, I really like that question. Um, that was like my, that was my sister-in-law. Her name's Katie. That was like her, I showed her these questions. She's like, that's my favorite question. Um, it validates us so much that you ask that question and, you know, everyone wants to be validated. Um, uh, you know, it's funny celebrating. It's really hard to celebrate single people because I said this the other day on my Instagram, you know, when I got a boyfriend, everyone, I got the most likes ever on Instagram. And then, you know, when I got a major business deal, nothing compares to to when I got a boyfriend. It's like, okay, well, why don't we celebrate people when they do things that are not just relational, you know, like it drove me insane. I mean, I sounded off on Instagram, um, (laughs) which I tend to do sometimes. Um, I think that invite inviting them into your homes. Um, my brother and sister-in-law do an amazing job. They're on staff at our local church and they constantly have people over to their homes. They, their hospitality is one of their, um, major spiritual gifts and strong suits. And so they're, I, I barge in all the time. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know y'all had guests. Sorry, my bad. And so I'll like go <laughs> leave. Um, but having people into your homes, opening up your homes, celebrating them, you know, um, when there's things to celebrate, you know, um, checking in on them. Um, I know that sounds silly, but just like, Hey, like, you know, want to get a coffee, um, want to go out to dinner, um, those kind of things. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, love to say, you know, I love your social media, which I'm like, I think, I think it's so funny because most of the time I just post funny memes now, (laughs) but for the most part, um, people, you know, I just am really big on validating people. We all need some sort of validation. And so for, for people who are, who are not married, finding what they like and what they feel the least validating it in and validating that, if that makes mm, sense. That totally makes sense. I think like, I mean, celebrating anything and people, yes. like, like you said, like starting a business and getting a huge business, like that is a yes. huge deal. You yes. Know? yes. So, yes. for, so for people who know how big of a deal that is to you to celebrate that with you, like that is huge validation so I think he doesn't love to have champagne and wine I mean let's be honest you know oh yes yo I forgot this is a teenager's podcast (laughs) do not do that (laughs) but I mean yeah when you're 21 do it but not before um (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, just like love your people. Well, you know, I'm a big proponent of, um, when they're in the ditch, climb in the ditch, when they're on the mountaintop, get on the mountaintop. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So I want to ask you to wrap up. I want to ask you to share some resources with people who are listening. Um, if they want to kind of like dive into this topic more, if they want to kind of start some of the work of healing and to kind of believe in who God says he is and um, wrestling with some of these things. Can you share some resources that have helped you or that you've just come across um, as you've prepared for this podcast that like really are solid resources for people to look at? Yes, I will um, send you the um, thing that I quoted from Paige Benton Brown. I'll send you the PDF that I have of that. And you can link that in the um, show notes. It's so perfect. It was published. um, The article was originally printed in the Regeneration Quarterly, which I don't really know what that is, but I think (laughs) this was a while ago. (laughs) So, but I know that she's still like, she's on the Gospel Coalition. So she's still teaching today. And I know she's married today. So Paige, if you ever hear this, you are amazing. (laughs) Um, But this article really changed my kind of perspective. And I hope. I mean, and she wasn't married, I don't think until 40 ish. So yeah. Um, I think good theology is huge. Um, you know, just being really careful who you read, um, and just making sure that you are reading sound theology. Um, I think the two authors that, you know, I talked about, um, Lisa Whittle, I think any, anything I, cause like you said, in the beginning, you really struggled with, um, like identity and all that, like I'm right there with you. And I don't think that it, it really ever stopped, you know, um, at 34, I, I still struggle with it. Like, cause you know, still you're like, I don't know if I should go to this class at church or this class at church. Like it is very hard not knowing really where you belong. Like I know I belong cause I'm a child of God, but it's like, Oh, like, where do I go um, like on earth? Where do I go? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really love Lisa Turkers. Like she really, God, what she's been through has just oh hit me. I just love her. Anything, just read anything of hers. Like she's amazing. Um, I really love the Gospel Coalition and Desiring God. Just go to their website and like type in a, a subject, and articles after articles will come in. Like just will populate, and like I, when people text me and ask me about certain things. I'm not like this. I'm, I, I'm not this book that knows everything. Like I will go and research and and find articles and send to people like those two platforms are a gift from God because they are, uh, they're amazing. I, I do a lot of, of searching on them for, um, good things. And then, gosh, you know, your Bible is such a resource. I mean, there's literally like, if you want to talk about a crazy group of people, look, the Israelites, man, I mean, good gracious. I just look at them and I'm like, I am the Israelites. Like they distrusted God over and over and over. And his patience and love towards them is astounding. Read Exodus. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's so much out there to read and to, and just make sure you're I just, God, there's so much and there's, there's so many bad things to read too, but, um, 
Yeah. You know, it's just your Bible. I, this just the one thing, just read your Bible and just trust that God has a plan for your life. Even if it's not what you ever fathomed, like he is good. And it, and it is way better than you can ever imagine ever, ever. Even if it's like, even if he has to drag you, like he's going to drag you. This is, this is good. This is really good. Like he's not opposed to exposing us to the bitter that we may better recognize as sweet when it comes. I don't know about you guys, but Sarah Parker's testimony encouraged me. It inspired me and it made me just want to be her friend. Um, so I hope that you loved getting to know her and hear her story. And if you loved this episode, I encourage you to share it on social media. Send it to someone who could be encouraged by it as well. Until next time, this is Sammy Gallo, your host. We'll see you guys in a few weeks.